Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. Marty, do you have your Bible today? That Gideon Bible, hold it up. See that guy right there? He's, I just met him not too long ago. God put that Bible in his life. It's a Gideon Bible, and I wanted you to see it. A lot of you are Gideons. Great ministry. And, and God uses Gideon Bibles. So if you have a Bible, Gideon or Zondervan or whatever, the Holy Bible turned to Luke 21. What we have here in Luke 21 is another face-to-face encounter that someone had with Jesus. If you've been keeping track, I certainly have, this is the 11th message in a series of messages that we are talking about face-to-face encounters that people had with Jesus. Powerful encounters where the opportunity for life change was placed before them. Now I know, I knew going into this series, I know that it's a dangerous series. I, I know that there are things that are going to be said and done that are, and presented to us from God's Word that would be unsettling and troubling to some. It's supposed to be that way. If we look into God's word and, and all, we, all, all, we are, all we ever experience is a comfort, there is something wrong. We not, need to be not only comforted at times, but we need to be challenged at times because it draws us closer to him. He doesn't want to leave us the way that we were. And these people, they, they had these face-to-face encounters But they had an opportunity to be different after that encounter. Next week, we're going to finish up this series. It's going to be the last message in this series. And at the end of our service next Sunday, I want to give this announcement as well. We're going to receive communion together. We've not been able to do that for a long time, but we're going to do it next Sunday. And I want you to look forward to that. I want you to be praying for it. It's a powerful time. And we're going to, uh, we're going to gather around, figuratively speaking, gather around the Lord's table next Sunday morning. And uh, it's going to be wonderful. So look forward to that. So here's another, yet another face-to-face encounter with Jesus. But this one's different. This one is different than many of the others that we have looked at because, well, quite frankly, we don't know if she ever knew Jesus was watching her. We don't know if she ever knew that Jesus was watching her. Verses 1 and 2 tell us this, as Jesus looked up, He saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Stop there for a moment. It says Jesus looked up and he saw people giving. Now now you have to understand that this was not an accidental glance, but an intentional look. Jesus meant to do this. This same story, it's also recorded in Mark's gospel, and Mark says that Jesus, quote, positioned himself 
opposite the treasury. Uh, it would be in the back of the synagogue, in the, in the back of uh, the temple, uh, and, and it was a place where people could place their offerings. It was a receptacle of sorts, and it would not be unlike for these last number of weeks. We've had offering plates at the back, and you can give later. We encourage you to give one way or another, but, but, but we, we, it was Jesus positioned himself to observe people as they gave. It'd be a little bit unsettling, wouldn't it? <laughs> by the way, at the close of the service, I'm going to be right back by that plate, and I'm going to be watching you as you give. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm not going to do that. But that's what Jesus did. He intentionally was there. So when it says he looked up, he meant to look up and see this. There are two kinds of givers that are described. First, it says Jesus saw the rich giving money. The rich. Uh, If you say that someone is rich, it's kind of a subjective term, isn't it? I mean, rich can mean a a lot of things. We, We don't know if these people that are described here were well off or, you know, very rich, or uh, filthy rich. We don't know where they were on the economic spectrum. But they were persons of some means. Now, when they gave, just, just imagine this story being played out. Um, and and, and uh, as they gave, their offering probably sounded impressive. Remember, back then, there's no paper money. Uh, there's no checks, no checking accounts. There's no, there's no electronic giving. All they had, all they had were coins. All they had were, they, they didn't have paper, they didn't have, but they did have Ziploc bags, I'm pretty sure. Um, but all they had were bags of money, bags of coins, uh, there were gold coins, silver coins, copper coins that in descending value. Gold, silver, and, and copper coins. Uh, lots and lots of coins. And so I, I want you to imagine this. The rich, they had lots that says they later on that they gave a, a lot. And, and so I want you to imagine, put this up by the, the, uh, the microphone here. So I, I imagine that their offering in their bags of money sounded... Something like this. <laughs> Did you get that? Pretty impressive, isn't it? So people saw it, but Jesus saw it, but others also probably heard it because they gave lots of money. The other giver that is described here was a poor widow. You see those words there. She was a poor widow. Back then, widows had had no income. They had limited reserves, often very little hope. It says she gave two small copper coins. The coins, the coins were called lepta, L-E-P-T-A. They were called lepta. They were the smallest coins in circulation at the time. I actually have here a copy of one. Uh, not a copy. This is a lepta. This is not a, uh, a, a new printing or a new minting thing, but rather this is an old coin. Got it a number of years ago when we were in Israel. In fact, some of you have some because I brought some back for every one of the uh, deacons. And, and uh, I paid a little bit more for this. It's a nice specimen. Uh, the guy who sold it to me uh, said this was actually one of the two coins that uh, she had. 
I thought, that's great. And the guy right next to me, a friend of mine, he got the other one. So, you know, what a chance, right? Okay. <laughs> Dathan, I'm, I'm kidding. It's not, no, it's, not, it's, it's, it's old, but it's not. So it's an old coin. It's a copper coin. If you want to see it later on, it, it's kind of green because it's copper. And this is, she gave two of these worth just a fraction of a penny, of, of one of our pennies today. And if she heard it, or if it could be heard, if it could be heard at all, maybe it sounded like this. You ready? <laughs> Not nearly so impressive, is it? Remember, just so that you, do, this is the two offerings. So not only did it look different because one had a large amount and one had a small amount, but it sounded, it was visibly and, uh, and audibly different. They were, it was obvious that one group of people gave a lot and one person gave a very little. Jesus was with his disciples. They were there, perhaps nearby, I don't know if they were watching people, that would even be more unsettling. But they were there and Jesus turned to his disciples, his closest followers, and he said something that was not so obvious. So remember, these were obvious gifts. Uh, They sounded different, they looked different, but Jesus said something that only he knew. Something that was not so visibly or audibly different. Verse 3, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. And, And here's the inside information that only he had. He said, All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. See, Jesus knows everything. He knew everything then, and, and he, knew, he knew the backstory to this. Again, he said, these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Let me be very clear on something, because this is an important, this is an important point to, place to point out something very obvious, and that is that God did not need her money. Really, two, two pennies, two lepta, how, how much difference is that going to make? But God did not need her money. That may sound strange when some gave much and one gave everything, but really God did not need it. Let me bring it to you and to us for just a moment. I do not know where you are on the very rich to very poor spectrum. I mean, if those are the two extremes, very poor, very rich, I don't know where you are on that spectrum, and quite honestly, it doesn't matter. We are not going to treat anyone different because they're someplace along that scale. But let me tell you this, and this is for everyone, however much you hold, it is nothing compared to what God owns, However much you hold, however much is in your investment portfolio or your bank account or tied up into some kind of an investment, 
However much you hold or don't hold, it's nothing compared to what God owns. I, I recently read, just this last week, I was traveling, I was listening to something, I was kind of a little podcast, and, and, and it was talking about the wealthiest man who ever lived. He lived in the 14th century, and it's estimated that that man uh, in the 14th century owned half of the world's gold supply. Now think about that. He owned, at that time, uh, half of the then world known world's gold supply. Now think about it. Don't think about it too much because, man, you'll start running down. You won't hear the rest of the message. But that is a lot of wealth. By today's standards, that man was a multi-trillionaire because he held a large portion of a valuable resource. Yet, the Bible tells us that God created all the world's resources on day three of creation. God created it all with a word. All of the world's gold, all of the world's silver. See, there hasn't been any gold or silver produced since then. I mean, we, all we have is the resources that were created on day three of creation. All of the diamonds, all of the copper, all of the timber, all of the land, everything, every precious stone, every precious material, God created it all. You may think that you hold a lot or a little, but let me tell you something, everything is really His. We just hold it for a time. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 26 says this, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. God owns everything. Now, I, I kind of go big there in regards to this small offering, but God owns it all. So, if God owns it all, why did Jesus let her give it? I mean, you know, if you and I were writing this story, I mean, if this were just a really cute little story from antiquity, we would probably write it like this. Uh, uh, Jesus stepping forward and, and he sees this poor widow woman and he, and he pulls out those two coins and he, he gives them back to her and then he grabs another bag of money that's in there and says, hey, you take this, you need this more than, than my father does. And we would go, oh, that's a pretty cool story. But that's not what Jesus did. You see, in this story, in this true story, we see that in giving, we declare that all we hold is His. When you give, when I give, when we give, when any person in faith in God, faith in God, in any person who gives with faith in God, when they give, we declare that, Lord, everything that I hold and I'll only hold it for a short time, relatively short time. All that I hold is yours. Something that, that I, uh, I, uh, I know that you know, any, any adult knows, is that money is essential and life is expensive. Many years ago, uh, probably 12, 15 years ago, my daughter our only daughter, we were having a discussion and she said, Dad, money just is not important to me. I don't care if I ever have money. And I, I said, thank you, sweetheart. I just love your heart, but we'll talk in about 10 years and we'll see how important money is. <laughs> I reminded her of that a few, uh, few months ago and I said, hey, honey, you know, life's expensive. Is money important? She goes, it is important. 
It's essential. Now, now, we all acknowledge that, and there's nothing wrong. We need to acknowledge that, that, that money is, is, is essential, life is expensive, but money is also powerful, and how many know it can also be worshipped? I know that. I've been tempted to worship it many times. Not bow down to it, but to find my strength and my identity and my hope in what we hold. Money's a dangerous thing. That's why Jesus said you can't serve both God and money. So when we give, in giving, however much we give, a lot or a little, has to be a matter of the heart. But when we give, we declare that all we have is His. I've been an adult for a long time, and, 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 and I, I understand the value of money. But boy, I tell you what, it's, money, money scares me because I know the the inclination of my heart. And it's so important that when I give, when my wife and I give, that we give in absolute faith and trust because, Lord, we're acknowledging everything we have is His. We know so little about this woman. In fact, I don't know as much about this woman as I'd like to know. We don't have her name. We don't have her backstory. But I do know this, she had tremendous faith. Just, just from this few, these few facts, this woman had tremendous faith because she knew that God was her source. I mean, I mean, how else? Explain to me how else or why else would she give not only such a small amount, but everything that she had. She must have trusted in God. She was a Jewish woman. She'd been in the synagogue a long time. She'd probably certainly heard Psalm 37 where David wrote this, The Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in Him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with His hand. It's talking about how God supports us, how God sees us and He's there when we stumble. Here's the, here's the kicker. She didn't know that God was watching her at that very moment. Amazing, isn't it? God was watching her. Or how about this one, the next verse, Psalm 37, verse 25, where David wrote this, I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. If you write down verses, write that down, one down and post it somewhere. I was young and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. It was true for David centuries before. It was true for her. And so she, in faith, she says, I'm going to give because I trust God. It's true for her. Back to Luke chapter 21. Jesus continuing on with this story. In verse 4, Jesus said, All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. I want you to see that verse because there are two words there that are, that are really very, very important. The words wealth and poverty. I want you to see those words. Very important words in this text. A simple definition of wealth is more than enough, 
right? I mean, that's pretty simple. Wealth is more than enough. It goes beyond what you have just to meet the basic needs. Wealth, simple definition, is more than enough. And poverty is not enough. It's a good working definition. Wealth, more than enough. Poverty, not enough. Sometimes it applies to money, right? We've, we, most of us here this morning have been there, where you look at the, at the finances and you go, wow, I have more than enough. Grateful for it. What am I going to do with it? And then there are times, in fact, maybe often more times than the other, where you, you say, these are the obligations, and I don't know if there is enough. Sometimes it applies to money. But I want you to look at this statement before you. They gave of their gifts out of their wealth, but she out of her poverty put in all she had to live on. I want you to see that not just simply in the context of finance or money, what we can hold, but often it applies to our time or our strength or our abilities or maybe the people needed to accomplish something. You know, there's oftentimes where we that we experience where we don't have enough of those things. Think about that for a moment. Don't raise your hands, but how many here have ever looked at your calendar or your schedule for the day, the week, the month, the year, and you say, I don't have enough time for all that I need to accomplish. You've been there, and you're experiencing a poverty of time. I don't have enough time for this. I don't have enough time to do that. Or how about this? I don't have enough strength. Don't, again, don't raise your hands. But how many here have, have, been, have been so stretched and so pushed to the limit that you think to yourself, I don't know if I have strength to go any further. I'm emotionally, physically, maybe even spiritually weary because I've been giving out and giving out and giving out and my gauges say I am redlining and I just don't think that I have enough strength. I have a poverty of strength. How about abilities, right? A task is put before you and you go, I don't know if I have what it takes to do that. I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm the, I'm the guy, the, the gal for this. I don't know if I'm the person who's supposed to do this because my abilities don't seem to... I have a, I have a poverty of ability. You know, so often you think of it. Don't look at this simply, this line, this statement here in, in verse 4 as simply a, uh, a, a, a dealing only with money, but how about all of these other things, our strength, our time, our abilities, the, the right people. Here's the important thing. Still looking at this verse here in verse 4, I have found, perhaps you have as well, that when we give to the Lord out of the poverty of any resource, He does amazing things. I've found this. I won't, I won't go on at length, but I, there have been times when, when I just go, I have so much to do, and I, I don't see how that's possible. But if I, if I say, Lord, I, as busy as I, I'm going to push that aside, and I'm going to spend some precious time with you. You know what happens? When I give of my time to him, he gives me enough time to do everything else. When we give 
to the Lord out of the poverty of any resource, God does amazing things. Don't have enough strength. But what I have, I, I, I won't give the details. It was some time ago, but I had had a week. I had had a week. And it came to the end of the week and there was a, a, a ministry event happening, and I told my wife, I said, I don't think that I have the strength to go. I mean, it has been brutal. I, I told her, I said, Joni, this, this has been brutal. I feel, I felt like I have, I've been, I have just gone through the shredder. And I don't think that I have the emotional or physical strength to even go to that thing. She says, well, it's your, it's your choice, big boy. You know, and she, thanks a lot, honey. I really appreciate that. She says, you do what you need to. I went. And it was powerful. I knew I'm driving there and I'm like, I don't have it. I, I am tired beyond description. And it was in that place that God refreshed me. And he restored me. And, and at the end of the night, I felt like I'd had, I'd had three days off of vacation. Why? Because God, in my, in my limitation, God helped me with the rest of it. When we give to the Lord out of the poverty of any resource, He does amazing things. Maybe you're waiting. Let me, actually, let me give you this verse. Luke chapter 6, Jesus said this, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So often, and I, he's talking about finances, but we, we often limit it to that. But if you really believe, listen to me, follower of Jesus Christ, if you believe that if you give, it will be given to you, then we need to start living that in more than just our finances. Say, Lord, I, I don't have much. I have a poverty of this. I have a lack. I don't have enough of this, but what I have, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm trusting you, just like that woman a long time ago, who all she had, she put in, and God blessed her. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Maybe... Just maybe this morning, you are waiting to give only when you have a surplus of something. God, when I have enough time, I will do this. God, when I have enough of that, of money, I will do this. God, when I have enough strength, God, when you give me the ability to do this, then I will do that. God says, give what you have, and give, and it will be given to you. I'm stretching you this morning. In this face-to-face encounter that I don't even know if she knew about it, God was doing a powerful thing in her life. If you wait to give only when you have a surplus, you'll seldom have a surplus. You will seldom have a surplus. But if you give out of your poverty, you will see amazing things happen. I've shared this before. In fact, it was just about two and a half years ago I made this comment. Maybe some of you will remember it. God is unlimited, but God has just one limited resource. Did you know that? God had 
just one son. Do you know that you and I are saved? Our, our eternal destination, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered your life to Him, I want you to know that you are saved because God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Did you ever think about that? God loved this world. He loved you so much that out of the one limitation that he had, he had only one son. That's what that most well-known verse of the Bible says. God gave his only son. And it was out of that limited resource because God gave it all. He gave his only son that we have eternal life. Somebody say amen. That's how we're saved. Because God gave from His limited resource His only Son. I don't know. Maybe that's why in this face-to-face encounter, maybe that's why in this face-to-face encounter, when He saw that woman step forward and only He knew that this was all she had, Maybe, maybe, I don't know, but maybe when Jesus saw her give all she had, he said, that's what my father did. And by the way, understand the time sequence. Maybe Jesus said, in just a few days, because this is just days before the crucifixion, maybe Jesus thought, That's what I'm doing. I'm giving my life so that people can have eternal life. Maybe that's why it meant so much. Because his father gave it all. Jesus would give his life on a cross. He would give it all. And so here's my prayer. In this this so unusual encounter that someone had with Jesus... Here's what I want you to learn. This is my prayer for every person here today. May you be an amazing giver. You want a lonely, empty life? You accumulate. I'm not talking just stuff. I'm talking time, abilities, right? You want an incredibly limited, lonely, narrow, limited life? You want that? then you hold on to everything. You guard your time, your ability, any resource. You guard it with everything in you and you will die and, you, and it will all go back to the one who owns it all. But if you say, Lord, I am yours. I surrendered my life to you. Make me an amazing giver. Make me like you. We pray that. Make me, we sing it sometimes, make me like you, Lord, then make me an amazing giver. That's my prayer for you. May you be an amazing giver. I'm not supposed to stop on this. 
would, if, you, if, you, if that is your desire, would you just, with your eyes open, but as a prayer, would you say, Lord, make me an amazing... Let's, if you believe that, let's say that together. Lord, make me an amazing giver. So let, if you believe it, say that again. Lord, make me an amazing giver. If you say that, God, the God who sees all, the God who observed her when she didn't know it, the God, the, the God who sees all heard you and he sees your heart. Lord, make me an amazing giver. Someday, some great day. How many are looking forward to that family reunion on the other side? Some amazing day. Uh, I, we're going to meet this woman, and uh, we're going to learn her name. We're going to learn some of the other details. Um, and, and, and I believe we're going to learn the rest of her story, right? I like the rest of the story. I think we're going to learn the rest of this woman's story, but I, I, and I don't know. We, we, it's not recorded for whatever reason. It's not recorded. We're not supposed to know this side of heaven. But I believe the Lord who saw her give saw to it that she had enough. I don't know how it was, but I know this. Whether she was young or old, I believe for the rest of the day, her day, she did not see the righteous forsaken or their descendants begging bread. She ate that night. I don't know how. I'm, I mentioned in a sermon a long time ago, here's what I hope. I hope on the way out, some, some widower saw her and said, whoa, that's an amazing woman. I think I'm going to get to know her. Let's go out to eat. And they went and had lamb together. Sounds like a Hallmark movie long time ago. I don't know. But she ate that night and she ate the next morning. And that week or that next month, she had enough money to pay the rent or the mortgage or the taxes. I don't know and I really don't care if she became, quote, a rich woman. But I know this, the God who saw her saw to it that she was taken care of. Because God is faithful. He gave her more than enough because the God who observed her cared for her as she honored him with all that she had. And now it's your turn. This was not a recitation of a long ago event. It is for every one of us here today. In just a moment, we're going to, in fact, I'm going to have the, the musicians, if they will step forward. We want to give you an opportunity for response. Hear me on this. Please, if you can, for just a moment, stay with us because I want to give you the opportunity to respond in prayer. See, I know this, that we can quickly go throughout the, the rest of our day and fail to respond and, and, and the events of the day will steal away what's happening right now. So we're going to open up these altars. I'm going to close in prayer uh, and we're going, to, we're going to sing and we're going to have you come forward and when we're, when, after you come forward or, or when, when, whenever we're done singing, just feel free. It, when I'm done praying, if you, need, if you absolutely need to go. But I want you to do this. If you are limited, if you are needing some resource, time, ability, strength, personnel, uh, uh, finance, and you're saying, I don't have enough, then would you do this? Would you do this in an act of faith? 
I want you to move. I want you to, in just a few moments, come and gather around these altars and spend a few minutes just sharing that with God, saying, Lord, here it is. Now, please don't leave anything here. We're not asking for an offering. Please understand that. But saying, Lord, I, 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 I'm, I'm limited in a resource, but I believe, Lord, that if you show me how I am to give, then, then I believe that you're going to make it enough. So in an act of faith, I'm going to do this. You ready? I'd like you to stand. Go ahead and stand right now. I'm going to pray. And uh, people are going to start gathering around these altars, moving, trusting God for something greater as we give out of our limitation. If you need to go, when you're done praying, when you're done singing, um, feel free. If you need to leave right after this prayer, I understand. But I don't want us to escape of what God is doing in our hearts right now. All right? So let's go to him with our, with our limited resource. Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to us from a long time ago, but it's for today. It's your living word. It's not just an old book. Oh, it's the living word. It's as fresh as today is the day that your Holy Spirit moved on people's hearts to write it down. So Lord, what happened there happens now. I pray that we too would have a face-to-face encounter with the living God, bringing our limited resources to you, giving to you, giving, Lord, as you direct us, as, as, as your Holy Spirit moves on our, on our heart, as we give from our limitations, I believe that you're going to, as we give, you're going to give to us. And it's going to be overflowing. It's going to be pressed down, shaken together, overflowing. I pray this, Lord. If we believe it in your word, then we need to live it. And so, Lord, we pray. Thank you, Lord, for the people that are going to come and be, meet with you in their own face-to-face encounter. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you this morning. These altars are open. Let's sing together. You give life, you are Hallelujah. Come as we sing. Come as we sing. Holy Spirit's moving on you. you come as we sing. God, we bring our you limited resources to you. And don't have a heart that is broken.